Hello, welcome back to the Sam Antics podcast. He's Matt. I'm Sam. He is on holiday, and I'm not because I'm a loser, and that's just the way it is. <laughs> that's right. Didn't you do the exact same intro when you was on holiday? I did indeed. It's like our little out of office. It, <laughs> it is indeed. Uh, so we are bringing you another pre-recorded episode this week. Sam is coughing and dying again, yeah. and yes, um, mm. mm. and this is actually a special episode because, Madai, this is our first clink cast. And what's the reason for that, Sir Grubber? Because it's my birthday, bitches. Yeah! Happy birthday to ya! There you go, that's all you're getting. Okay, well, yes, today is the 4th of August, uh, uh, yeah, and it's my birthday. And uh, as I've said, we are we are going to have a, a cheeky beverage while mm-hmm. we record this podcast. So, Sekrobo, what beverage have you got this evening? I have got a gin and tonic because I am showing my age. Fantastic. What have you got, sausage? So, Gora, I, uh, as you, as you know, I am always, uh, <laughs> I am always wanting to uh, do good things by my friends. And uh, right. when I came up, when I came up with this idea, I thought it'd be a fantastic idea. Um, okay. However, when I got to the shop, I thought to myself, it's a school night, so. I have got a Copperberg mixed fruit, alcohol-free. Oh. Yes. Um, reason for that, I was going to have my favourite of, um, what's it called? The alcohol beverages. The one I like. Archer's and Lemonade. Archer's a, Lemonade, a that's peach, the one. A peach schnapps. Yes. However, they, it was £2.75 for a very small can, Sagro. And um, no disrespect, I'm not about that. Go for the alcohol-free Copperberg instead. But you get more for your more for your buck. More this bang was for your sp- buck. This was on special offer at one pound fifty for a five hundred milliliter bottle, and the can was like you know the small can, the thin cans of Coke you can get. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was that for two pound seventy five. Yes. So I think I um. I think I did a, a good purchase. <clears throat> you definitely did. And also, we need to point out you don't actually drink anyway. So, oh, well, this is <laughs> this is this is true, Sagora. This is true. Um, anyway, let's not get bogged down with whose drink we've got who. Mm-hmm. I was just about to say, Sagora, how the devil are you? But we did this yesterday, so. How's your birthday going? Um, <laughs> well, I went to work this morning, as, uh, as as you know, and I was all ready to have a nice, not stressful day. But we work, work in logistics, Segura. So I had a stressful day. Yeah. So what happened today? Uh, yeah, I went to work and got stressed, and then at about twenty-five past four-ish, uh, all of a sudden we had this instant like blackout for about three seconds, and then we we're all back up and running. <clears throat> and we might think, well, that's really strange, really strange. Why would that happen? <clears throat> Well, my dear, what happened was our generator in our basement shorted. And ah. what happened then was it set on fire. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. And we all got evacuated out of the uh, out of the building. And we're all still literally on the pavements outside across the literally across the road from our building. And we think, oh. 
Is this is this a test? Do they just you know keep us on the on the spot? Uh, no, no. The fire brigade turned up, and uh, one gentleman and one lady went inside the building, had a look around, found said generator, extinguished said fire, and we all went back in straight away. Ah, oh. yes, yes. So anticlimactic in the end. I mean, it was literally a fire, and I got evacuated because of a fire, which I've never had happen before. Um, so, yeah, but I'll tell you what, Madaya, it was not what I expected when I went to work on my birthday in the morning. <laughs> this is the last thing you expect, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> uh, so grumble. This is episode 48. Yeah, it is. We're, we're, we are creeping towards that 50. We're going to get there in two weeks, and it's going to be very emotional. Mm. I might cry. If I could cry, I would, but I can't, so I shan't. Mm. Um, so as we can't do any How the Devil Are You this week, I say we uh, crack straight on with the rest of the podcast. Crack on! And now it's time to pass over to the angriest man I know. In his own special segment, Storytime with Matt. Good evening, morning, Good evening. afternoon. <laughs> Whenever you're listening to this podcast. And once again, I apologise. Because I don't have an angry man in view for you. It's two yet. weeks in a row. You're making me turn this... It's what? It's three weeks in a row, so <laughs> It's three weeks in a row. You're turning me into the angry man. I'm sorry. I've just not got anything angry to be angry about at the moment. Um, hey, we need to stop the press. Three weeks in a row, you are not angry. Well, I'm angry, but it's going to be over things that I've already got angry about on the podcast. Hmm. So there's no point in doing saying it again. Your hatred for GWR, for example. Oh, fuck him. Oh, <laughs> anyway, fuck let's not get bogged down with who hates what train operating company. Um, I've lined up three short stories for you, Sigura, of a scary nature. Okay. Um, this first one is called... Now, I haven't actually read through these, so... Yes, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how good they're going to be. I've read through one of them, and that's because it's only about a paragraph long. The other two I haven't, so you'll have to bear with me, Sigora. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, and I will enjoy this with my birthday gin and tonic. Excellent news, Sigora. Let's crack on. This first one is called Christopher. Just, just Christopher. Nothing else. Just Christopher. Okay, this is uh, interesting. Please continue. And it has nine upvotes on Reddit, so it's probably going to be really shit. Considering the other one has nine, uh, like 200. So yes. let's go with it, Sakura. Christopher. Things haven't changed much in between now and when I last emailed you. It's still just me and Tommy here. We both miss you dearly and hope the trip is going well it's only been getting colder here Tommy's been getting worse and I don't know what to do without you I've tried everything then tried everything again but our boy's cough is louder and throatier and raspier just like Sal Cropper are they talking about me <laughs> of this podcast this week <laughs> he keeps me up all night Coughing and coughing and coughing. I lie in our bed, struck with worry. I don't think he'll get better, even though I try to be hopeful, like you. I run him a bath and let him happily. No, and left him happily making splashes in the water, the way he's always loved to. 
I'll go in there and drown him, drown our boy, so he can rest just a little. Jesus. And Christopher, I wish you were here with me, with us, but I know how important this trip is, and I hope it's going well. We both miss you dearly. Yeah, that was shit, Sagor. Well, I actually think I figured out who Tommy is in this story, and it's not me for for change. It's not me. Oh, who is it? It's a certain Tommy that wants to be a pilot. (laughs) 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 Oh no! A ginger Scottish man who got a job at a burger joint in an airport to be on the bottom rung of the ladder to becoming a pilot. So that was Christopher Sigurd. <laughs> also, message to our listeners: if you don't understand any of these "Come Fly with Me" references, watch "Come Fly with Me." That's it. That's that's what you have to do. Yeah. Next one, Sigurd. It's yes. called Moonlight Equilibrium. Sorry, can you say that again? Moonlight Equilibrium. Okay, about werewolves, I'm assuming. Moonlight Equilibrium. Moonlight. Sorry, stop saying it! (laughs) (laughs) This one's got 54 up up votes. So let's. This one is is, quite long. But it's less, they're all less than 500 words, so, you know. Okay, so they don't class as an essay, but they're quite long. Gotcha. They're under the uh, short, scary stories thread in Reddit. Okay, so let's go. Here we are, Sakura. Moonlight Equilibrium. I think we know it's called Moonlight Equilibrium. Just proceed with the fucking story. <laughs> <laughs> Moonlight. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> We were eating dinner and chatting about our day when the lights suddenly turned off. It's like you at work <laughs> earlier on, Sigur. Oh, there are all these stories about you all of a sudden. It is my birthday. I am the centre of this universe. There's a reason why it's called the Sam and Matt Antics podcast, because everything is about Sam. Read by Matt. Today, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Because everyone loves your voice, but they stay for the content that I bring. We were eating dinner and chatting about our day when the lights suddenly turned off. I went outside to fix the fuse, but I stopped short the moment I stepped outside. The night sky was beautiful tonight, swirls of indigo and violet and pink against each other. Obviously I can't see that so well because I'm colorblind. <laughs> I felt my jaw hit the floor and stayed. That doesn't make sense. I felt my jaw hit the floor and stayed there. Oh, he stayed there, not his jaw. (laughs) I'm so confused. That's not the story. I'm I'm, I'm asking you a question. Say it again. (laughs) What's going on? I felt my jaw hit the floor and stayed there. Yeah, I felt my jaw hit the floor and I stayed there. Right, but there isn't an I in I stayed there. So I thought it looked like... His jaw hit the floor, detached from his body. His jaw hit the floor and just stayed on the floor. (laughs) And that's the end of of this story, so I got a moonlight equilibrium. (laughs) Anyway, I'll crack on. Crack on. The moon hung low, too low, casting scarlet shadows that swept across the grass. The wind hissed in my face and then was still once more. Time had stopped and was holding its breath. Then it was broken by a series of chants in a language I did not understand. The moon was flashing. Red, white, red, 
white. The call grew louder and louder. And the next thing I knew, I was down on the grass, clutching my head. My screams drowned out by the voices running rampant in my brain. Then it stopped, and I heard her singing back. Her voice. How the fuck do you pronounce that word? Ethereally. Ethereally. Thank you. Beautiful, like a siren. And my heart stopped when I realised who it was. Is it Moana? (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Literally the whole time you were saying that, all I was hearing was... (laughs) Was hearing like the songs from Moana. <laughs> make way, make way. My <laughs> wife was. <laughs> my wife. <It's> my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! What's happening? My wife was levitating <laughs> next to me. <laughs> oh no. I can't read the word my wife now without doing poor at. <clears throat> my wife. Sakura, <laughs> like, pull yourself together. Pull yourself together, man. This is a plunk cast. We've got to crack on. My wife was levitating next to me. Her eyes were closed and her face was shining from the light of the moon. Then she opened them again and it was flickering rapidly in response to the moon. Red, white, red, white. Then she rose higher and higher and higher and higher until I could no longer see her yet she was still singing I watched her drift away like a balloon that slipped through the sticky hands of a toddler at a fair she floated away from me joining the others that had risen from their places of the earth above above (laughs) above our heads like angels they flew and like angels they sang soaring harmonizing so eerily compelled by the rhythm of the once familiar moonlight that was now flickering like dying candlelight those of us who were left on the ground we knew we knew we had not been chosen we knew We would never be chosen. And finally, as the people we had once loved disappear from our sight into the night sky, the moon we had once... I can't speak, Segura, sorry. The moon we had once admired gave its last flicker of light. Bloody hell, this is like an end of the world situation. (laughs) Yes. And then... Then they were gone. Above we had anyone we had ever taken for granted. Our lovers, friends, neighbours and foes. And those of us who weren't chosen. Those of us were left behind. We knew we'd never know where they'd gone. We'd forgotten. we forgotten few watched on sorry <laughs> struggling cigar we forgotten few watched on as the very first star twinkled and extinguished we forgotten few were merely onlookers as the remaining stars began to follow suit one by one they fizzled one by one they disappeared leaving the heavens above us just a little darker each night. That was days ago, months ago, 
an eternity ago. And still, we forgotten few continue to gaze upwards in the hope that we will be chosen, that we will be saved, that we may meet again. Good, the end. Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my friend. You have <laughs> you been the one. <laughs> you have been the one for me. All right, James, <laughs> calm down. Literally, as soon as you said, um, like, you said goodbye to our lovers or something, I was like, that song is in my head now. And then I was, like, waiting to start the dramatic reading. But that literally went on and on and on and on and on. Every time I thought you were going to end, it just kept going. I'm sorry about that, Sir Robert. Um, so that one was called Moonlight Equilibrium. Oh, fuck off. Anyway, let's move on from Moonlight Equilibrium. Was that called Moonlight Equilibrium? I wouldn't know. It, it, it was. You, you, didn't, you didn't say that name once. You did not say the name once. Oh, I do apologise. Uh, this last one, Sigurd, is mm. about the same length as uh, as the last one. I honestly um, thought you were going to say the same Yes, yeah, I, I, almost, I almost <laughs> did, but I thought, no, I'm not going to. <laughs> this one, Sigurd, is called Unhealthy. Oh, okay. Sounds relatable. I just need to pull my chair in. There we go. Okay, you ready? Yeah, let's go. Am I reading them in a dramatic fashion, by the way? You, you are. I'm, I'm sure you are um, quenching the thirst of Matt's dramatic voice. And what we need to do, Sigur, we need to start a separate podcast where we both have the same book and we just read books in a dramatic fashion. Do you know what we could do? Dramatic readings brought to you by the Sam Antics podcast. Yes. Or the dramatic maybe, readings brought to you by Sam Antics. Maybe that's why a fiftieth idea for mm. the fiftieth episode. Mm. Anyway, <clears throat> crack on. This this one is called Moonlight Equilibrium. <laughs> this one is called Unhealthy <sighs> Stegover. It took. I can't speak already. It's the second word. Took. <clears throat> took. It took months before I was released by my captor. Kidnapping of young women in my town had become frequent. That we were rendered afraid to leave our homes. Richard Sutton, fuck off. <laughs> it literally is the guy from yesterday's episode. Oh my god. Some girls were never found, while those who came back looking like skin and bones, whose lifeless eyes bore the unspeakable horror. The woman who still carried signs of malnourishment were interviewed about their kidnapper. In the sea of endless descriptions, they said one thing in common about him. He had such sorry eyes. Journalists asked how the woman were able to get away and the reply confused them as much as it confused everyone else. We didn't. He just let us go. As the sack that blinded me was taken off, those same <laughs> apologetic... What are you laughing at? Sorry, carry on. I know what you're laughing at. You are <laughs> 28 years old. I'm no, 27! 20, 27 years old, Sagori. You need to get the smut out of your system. It's not a ball sack. <laughs> You need to man up and be serious for a change. No, in all seriousness, though, this is sounding like some serious fan fiction of Fever Cabin. It does. Shall I ring all? Ring all? <laughs> ring all? No, you don't ring all. Shall I continue? Shall yes. I carry on? You crack on, sausage. As the sack that blinded me was taken off, those same apologetic eyes greeted me, and I knew my fate was sealed. Those dark days were spent with me barely giving. Sorry. Those dark days were spent with me barely being given what little edible food there was. The barbaric treatment took away the lean build of my body while my hair started to turn dull before finally falling out. I begged for subs. Sus. Sus. <laughs> Sustenance. 
but the man just looked at me with such sorry eyes that I felt like I was the one inflicting pain. When I wasn't crying, I kept telling myself that it would be alright, because he'll let me go eventually, just like he had done to the others. I almost felt relief until I remembered those who were never found, and dread took over once more. I could barely walk the next day. He decided to set me free. I was blindly guided with both hands tied, and after minutes of walking, I was able to feel the warm rays of the sun again. The man instructed me to remove the sack on my head only when the small beeping device in my pocket had gone off. I felt him walk behind me, the leaving crunches under his steps, and with a whisper he apologised and said, stay unhealthy. Hours passed or maybe I had already lost all senses when the beeping sound finally rang in my ears. I dragged myself out of the thicket, whatever that is, before hailing at passing cars with the little energy I had left. Dad cried when he saw me again at the hospital. He promised to take care of me and that soon enough I'll look like myself again. Vitamins and nutritious food filled my days, and when I checked in the mirror one morning, I noticed that my cheeks were starting to look fuller again, and that made me happy. All was well until one early morning when I overheard my dad's conversation on the phone. The tests showed no signs of any organ damage, and she's at peak health again. I was about to show myself from the corner of the room when he said something that made me finally understood what the man meant the day he let me go. I won't lock the front door tonight, so you could just take her. Just make sure you have my money. <gasps> That's the end, Sigora. She wasn't lying about that being barbaric. Oh well, that was the chest. <laughs> Hate you so much. Sam <laughs> Antics podcast sponsored by Harry Potter, Gavin and Stacey, and <laughs> and come, and come fly, fly with me. me. <laughs> no, that that was um that genuinely did shock me at the end though. Like genuinely, I wasn't expecting that. No, and we made it through Segura without you um, playing a random song that scares me. Well. F- I kind of already got my own back for the one time you did to me and literally scared the shit, not literally scared the shit out of me, but scared the shit out of me. So um, we're even, I don't want to disrupt that. So uh, yeah, should we crack on with the rest of the podcast? Let's crack on. Well, we finished Fever Cabin in the last episode, so that means it's time for a new story. And who better to take us through this story than our good friend Sam Cropper. So let's go over the Bridge of Banter and visit him in our section, Storytime with Sam. Now gather round, everyone. As you know, in the past, we have crossed the Bridge of Banter. Past the Cricker Creepy. And now we have reached Gen Z, which is just as freaky as the rest of it. This is Confessions of a Twitch Girl, part one. I know you've wondered about girls like me. You've probably questioned the appeal. I mean, sure, we're not bad looking, but who'd want to watch us for hours? Most of us just sit around talking, eating, or filing our nails. Who is flooding our chat rooms with compliments? Who is paying us for nothing? I'm here to tell you exactly who watches my Twitch channel and how I track them down. My career as a female streamer started years ago. Back when there weren't that many of us 
a friend showed me his Twitch channel and his videos look like a lot of fun, so I decided to try my hand at streaming a game of Sims. Within the first hour, I had a hundred viewers pay me compliments. I ditched the hoodie and wore a tank top on my next show. And my viewership doubled. I stopped playing and started interacting with my viewers, answering their questions and telling them about my life. I felt perfectly average out in the real world, but with good lighting and the right angles and two push-up bras, I was an online bombshell. I made my money on Twitch from side donations. Sometimes I'd even do private video calls. I never got undressed or talked dirty. Never did anything I'd be ashamed of letting my own father see. And after earning my first 10k, I dropped out of college and doubled my hours online. Why go into debt learning something you don't care about when you can make banks sitting around eating chips? Then Twitch became popular. Extremely popular. New girls were starting channels every day. My viewership dwindled as younger, fuller cleavages popped up on the, on the scene. I started to count my money again, something I had not done in a while. One desperate night found me browsing job listings with no marketable sales or experience to offer the workforce. I was streaming as usual, sharing my woes with a few loyal viewers. The prospect of having to make an honest living distinctly soured my mood. I'd put a lot of effort into my channel. I was thoughtful, engaging, lending my viewers a kind ear for venting the frustrations of their daily lives. I was original and entertaining, regularly accepting viewer challenges and coming up with themes for my shows. I put a lot of effort into my appearance, ordering makeup by the bucket load and accepting countless requests to cosplay famous characters. I'd even broken up with my first and only serious boyfriend because of my Twitch channel. My career made him uncomfortable, but I wasn't willing to give that up. But where was my thanks for all of it in the end? There were four active fans in the chat and only about 50 lurkers. I hadn't received a decent donation in days. I was grumpy and the regulars kept asking what was wrong. I knew that a lot of my viewers had nagging wives at home and I was probably killing the fantasy by letting them see my sour face. I watched my viewer count plummet further and I sat around sulking. Then a large donation came in very unexpectedly. User King underscore Sam29 gave me a whopping oh, 500 Jesus. bucks. Oh look, it's this episode about Sam again. <laughs> I, I haven't read this, I'm sorry. Well, I've skimmed it, I didn't see that though. I searched for him in the chat, but he hadn't said a word that evening. Perhaps some of you already know about a peculiar feature on Twitch. Basically, whenever someone gives me money using the Twitch donation form and PayPal, I can see their full name attributed to their PayPal account. When I'm bored, I often Google my supporters. Most of the time... It's a harmless habit, a case of curiosity petting the cat. Only that night was was different. I started my search for the real King underscore Sam 29. Samuel Kentleworth, a 39-year-old mechanic engineer who lived in a suburb near my city. Not, not Samuel Cropper, a 27-year-old... Um logistics shipping container logistics man living in eastloo no because we as we know all my handles are at sammy c443 not king underscore sam 29 well it depends it depends if you've got like a dodgy website you know you don't want to reveal your actual username you might change it up much like last week i would like to um i would like to declare that i do not uh, have a dodgy web- website I'm trying to hide, um, and I am not signing for. That mean. <laughs> Fair play, well played. Crack on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
his Facebook revealed a wife. So this is Samuel Kettleworth, not Otmar. Anyway. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> his Facebook revealed a wife, two young children, and a cute German shepherd named Gunnar. Samuel had a big, hearty grin in all of his pictures. There were countless tagged photographs of him at school events, barbecues, out camping, at church. And I dove deeper into Samuel's life. He wasn't very smart about online privacy and used the same username for his porn site accounts. Well, there we go. (laughs) I perused his favourites to learn more about his kinks. This is fucking creepy. This what have you? Tagoro, this is. <laughs> We're just going to carry on. Blindly. Just carry on, carry on to the end, and we'll we'll go from there. Pretty straightforward. Lots of barely legal stuff, but nothing too bad. Nothing violent. LinkedIn had his email, which revealed some other news names on professional forums, Steam, etc. I was able to cross match one of them to a similar account names. On chat roulette and Omegle. Fucking hell, this is stalking now, Sagora. Ah, he was probably one of those many anonymous exhibitionists on the world wide web. A daring plan took shape as I went further down the rabbit hole. Just imagine the devastation caused if someone showed Samuel's online activities to his wife. How would she feel about him spending half a grand on a girl like me? Then there were the campsites. Even if his wife didn't care about his porn habits, the evidence of an account on chat roulette certainly, certainly could threaten a marriage. If Samuel could spare $500 for a donation, how much would he be willing to pay for my silence? I could offer a subscription. $1,000 monthly for my full discretion? Sound reasonable to me. A week later, I was sitting in Samuel's kitchen, petting his dog and having a cup of coffee with his wife, Beth. We chatted about upcoming child actor auditions in their area. I'd introduced myself as an agent who'd scouted their youngest daughter at a recent school recital. In truth, I'd see some videos of the event on Samuel's Facebook. Alice did have a lot of potential, I claimed. Her mum was thrilled at the prospect babbling on about how quickly little Alice learnt her lines, how well she'd sung and danced. Blech. This was taking too long. I grew restless, waiting for the dramatic moment when Samuel came walking into the kitchen. I wanted that shell-shock reaction, to watch him as he scrambled to save face and keep his white picket life in order. But that moment never came. I was hoping to talk to your husband as well, I said, when I saw it was nearing 7pm. I need to know both parents are on board when signing a new client. My my husband? A look of surprise settled on Beth's face. I'm sorry, you... You must be mistaken, I... I don't have a husband. But I... I began awestruck, I... I thought you, you had a husband. I finished lamely. No, it's it's just me. Beth straightened in her seat, observed me closely. Which agency do you say you work for again? Do you, do you have a business card? Uh, yes, of course. My cheeks burned as so I scrambled to get out of there. But I, I think I left them in my car. Do you mind if I go fetch one? There's no need. Beth's lips tightened. I don't think it's a good idea for Alice to get involved in anything new at the moment. I think you'd better leave. All of a sudden, I was all too happy to get out of there. My lips trembled as I fumbled for my car keys. It it served me right, honestly. What the hell was I thinking? That I was just going to go around stalking and blackmailing my viewers without hindrance. I sat in front of the house with my head on the steering wheel as the full extent of my actions dawned on me. Then, something grazed the back of my neck. There, there, Rebecca, said a deep, sympathetic voice. It was a nice try. Don't be so hard on yourself. You could never have known. 
every muscle in my body tensed as I looked up to see a complete stranger in my rearview mirror. Definitely not the man from the Facebook photos. As soon as I lifted back my head, he threw a thin cord, like something like a fishing line around my neck, pulling my head towards him. You've always had such terrible posture in your streams. I'm glad I can help you correct such a minor flaw, he said, pulling the cord tighter. I couldn't see much of him, but the top half of his face looked young, early twenties maybe. My breathing became restricted. Some spit went down the wrong tube. I choked, every cough plunging the line deeper into my throat. Now be a good girl and switch on the Google Maps app, the guy said. When I complied, he set up a route with a voice command and instructed me to follow the navigator. His manner was cold, authoritative. There was no question of arguing or trying to escape. The destination wasn't far. It was only a ten minute drive. The application led me to the outskirts of my city, a place where run-down apartment buildings lined the streets. We stopped at a decrepit three-story complex. Drive a little further to the right, my captor said, shifting his weight as he released one hand to point out the way. His movements jerked the cord, causing the line to cut deeper into my neck. I drove round the building, my hands shaking at the wheel as warm droplets of blood slipped down my collarbone. I parked in a dark alleyway between two abandoned buildings. A siren wailed in the distance, probably a fire truck speeding towards a more populated area. I didn't expect you to be this quiet, he said, breaking the silence. You have so much to say in your streams. If it wasn't for those beautiful green eyes of yours, I might think you're an entirely different person. I looked up in the mirror and saw the eyes were tiny dots in a sea of worried lines. Hardly beautiful. Wet streaks ran down my quivering cheeks. I must have started crying at some point and I hadn't even realised. The mirror showed the stranger's eyes to be calm and those of a casual acquaintance. This was just business as usual to him. Who are you? I asked breathlessly, my voice barely above a whisper. <laughs> you can call me King Sam. The stranger's eyes glinted with humour. I have to admit, I'm a little starstruck. He loosened the cord while speaking, and I suppressed a sudden, desperate urge to turn around and take a proper look at him. If only I could get out of there alive, I'd be able to give the police a description. If only. If. Only. Please let me go, I whimpered, my silent tears threatening to turn into full-blown hysteria. Please. We'll see about that, he replied. A silent pause fell between us as I struggled to come up with something to say. Inside, panic rose like a large red cloud, urging me to yell out into the street, pull the cord, or, or try knocking the guy out with an elbow. Do something, it screamed. My fate hung on the end of a thin thread of common sense. It told me to remain calm and remember who I was dealing with. I wasn't the first witch girl to get herself into a sticky situation. Countless countless streamers claimed to have experienced harassment on some level sure some of them were just making up for the drama but many weren't just because I was facing the worst case scenario didn't mean that the collective knowledge couldn't guide my way I remembered a girl that mentioned running to a creepy follower late at night they were all alone in the street and she just knew there was something off about him so she amped up her streamer personality flirting unabashedly hugging the guy, taking selfies. It was a great distraction, and she quickly sent a picture to her boyfriend. He called her and asked to talk to the guy, but by that point, the fan was already walking away. What are you thinking about? King Sam's eyes hardened as they searched mine for answers. You'd better not try anything, he added. I relaxed my face and looked back in the mirror. I recalled 
the countless hours spent in front of my webcam, trying out different facial expressions and makeup looks. I went for my default persona, the girl next door, the cute, innocent girl who was always kind and compassionate. I'm sorry, I smiled, speaking in my most melodic, girlish voice. It's just your eyes. They, they're the only part of you I can see, and they're unlike any I've ever seen before. The way they alternate between blue and grey as your expression changes, I, I really just wish I could see the rest of you. I pretended to avert my eyes, though I was too shy to hold his gaze. And there was a pause. I'm not ready for you to see me. King Sam responded cautiously, confused and suspicion unsettled his countenance. There was a new, softer look in his eyes. I don't know what you mean, I nodded nervously. This wasn't worth expecting for our first date. A look of disgust wiped all trace of the softened expression. Do you think I'm a fucking idiot? I felt a sprinkle of spit hit the side of my face as he pulled the cord tighter and leaned into my ear. As far as humans go, you're a waste of space. Trust me, no one will miss you when you're gone. No, please. I tried to cry out, but my words were low and raspy. I wanted... I wanted... I wanted to find you after your donation. That's why I tracked you down. I thought you were someone else. I must have messed up the profiles. I really wanted to meet you. The cord around my neck loosened and fell on my lap. Finally, I turned around to see the face of King Sam. He was a skinny guy with a long, thin neck. His hollowed eyes sat deep into his face, encircled by dark rings. A face riddled with emotion stared back at me. I could see anger, loathing, but also a glimmer of hope, a subtle call for understanding. Please, I said, taking his cold, bony hand in mine. Please don't hurt me. King Sam flinched at my caress, jerking his hand away. He gave me a single, furious look before opening the car door and exiting the vehicle. I watched his tall, lean figure sprint around the side of the building, and just like that, he was gone. I sat dumbfounded for about half a minute, before starting my engine and driving to the nearest police station. I filed a report of the day's events, omitting my own intrusion into Beth's home. A junior cop went to check my car for traces of the culprit, while a lady officer took my statement, showing genuine sympathy for my ordeal. She explained how, unfortunately, there wasn't much they could do at that point. Just as she was handing over a pamphlet on dealing with stalkers, her junior colleague returned and placed an old Polaroid in front of me. Do you recognise this photo, ma'am? He asked. We found it tucked into the driver's seat back pocket. A fresh sense of dread grew between my shoulder blades, constraining my, te- my chest. I recognised it all right. It was the final photograph I'd taken with my late grandmother. We went to a playground near my childhood home. I was dressed in a pink, puffy winter coat, smiling a giddy, toothless smile. I, I must have been seven or eight when it was taken. Nana stood to my right, a dazed expression on her face, as she'd been battling with early-onset Alzheimer's for several years at that point. That, that's one of my, my childhood photos, I explained. I remembered it so well because it used to hang on my parents' fridge. I felt sick recalling how my mother had cried after we went missing. It was the last photo of Nana that captured her final lucid days. One day, the Polaroid just vanished from a fridge without a clue to its whereabouts. It's an, it's an old photo of my, my grandma and me. I stumbled over the words I spoke. It, um, it, it disappeared from my parents' home five years ago. That's the end of part one. Oh. Well, it's 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 different. 
Mm-hmm. I to... think I kind of like the female perspective because that's not something we've done yet. No, you are correct. We have not done that. You don't know what to think of it yet, do you? <laughs> no, I... I t- <sighs> it started off going away that I think we both were like, uh-oh. It was a but bit... Then... F- it got a bit flat, so if I'm honest. But then it kind of got back to the spooky, creepy vibe towards the end, which was important. Yes. Well, yes. let's let's hope that part two is a be- <laughs> is better. That's all I'm saying. And that's what we've got time for this week. Well, you ju- it just isn't, Sigurdsson. You know full well oh. it's. Uh, I've got another song for you. Okay, let's let's. Uh... Is this a birthday song for me? Is it? Or... Yes, it's nothing to do with birthdays. Okay, but here we go. <laughs> Words are flowing out like endless rain into a paper cup. They slither wildly as they slip away across the universe. Pools of sorrow, waves of joy, are drifting through my opened mind, possessing and caressing me. Any ideas to go up? Absolutely none. What the fuck is that? Ah, well that is the... Beatles classic across the universe and the lyrics I was just reading is the Evanescence version of that song oh, for that, sake. <laughs> that was released uh, last year so fantastic songs are you should listen to it yes yes well uh, yes I don't know how to follow that up if I'm honest matter. <laughs> Okay, well, let me carry on. Let me crack on as you took over the whole What's It yesterday. Um, if next week is just too long for you to wait for your Sound Antics fix, so Grubber, how can the listeners get involved? Well, you can head over to Facebook and search the Sound Antics podcast. You can head over to Instagram or TikTok and search the handle at Sound Antics. Or if you are a dinosaur, you can send us an email, and it is samantanticspodcast at gmail.com. But my dad, oh, there is one go. more way. Here we go. There is one sake. more way. You can go search on. us on ACAST because we are ACAST content creators. Yes, we are. But all that's left to say is we'll chat to you next week. Moonlight Equilibrium. Oh, fuck off. <laughs>